Hey everyone, Wilmgard here with Mini. Hey guys. And this is the FFBE Podcast. So Mini, what have you been up to in this past week of FFBE? Uh, not much. I've, I haven't had much time to play FFBE actually over the past week. So I've been logging on for my dailies, doing the rewards wheel or whatever when I get a chance and doing a bit of the, what do you call it, the raid. I did manage to run through item world a couple times and hilarious i'm trying to get hp passives for my tanks to get that parameter mission done and i keep getting high tide plus normally i would be thrilled because it's an amazing passive to have on a dagger but i just want hp <laughs> i had the same thing happen to me actually that's funny it's funny because when i'm looking for the rare passive i feel like i have to run it a million times and i never get it and this time i barely had time to play this week and I ran I ran item world maybe three or four times total, and I ended up getting two high tide plus passives on my weapons. And it's just like, why do you do this? It's crazy that you got two rares that easily. Yeah, because there are item worlds where I I diligently clear it, and I'm efficient, and I get one rare for the whole week. Yeah, same. And like it's way more rare than it seems. But then when you don't want it, it's all over the place. Yeah, maybe the key is to just not want anything. And then you get everything you secretly want. <laughs> I wish. I wish it worked that way. No, I should have got into it looking for HP passives. Yeah, you should Or no, have. looking for... No, I should... The way it works is you go into it looking for the high tide plus, and then you start getting a lot of everything else. That, that was your mistake. My mistake was wanting a certain outcome. Yes, what sir. What about you? What have you been up to? I did the same. I farmed out a bunch of, what's it called, the item world just to try to get my HP, MP. Um, I needed a little bit of extra defense and a little bit of extra attack. So I did both of those and finished those parameter missions, actually. Nice. Congrats. Been farming out the raid a lot. Other than that, not a whole bunch going on. I managed to do the hard, the difficult trial, quote unquote difficult trial of the previous event, the Magitek Ruins. Which How did you fun. find it? It was relatively interesting, I guess. It was too easy, however, because I have Esther. Okay, and she slaughters machines, yeah. Yeah, so it it was just like, it was a one-turn thing. I just had to get all the side things going, the missions. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I haven't done a whole lot, just like you pretty much farming away item world crushed me because i didn't get everything i wanted but it wasn't too bad overall a pretty good week well that's good to hear with that i think it's time we get into the show all right so i mentioned it just a little bit ago the magitech ruin central area the trial where you fight a Magitech core and a Magitech uh, energy core holding thing. I think they're all listed as the energy cores, but there's two enemies in this thing. It's pretty interesting. Uh, I think the most difficult part of this trial was actually getting the elemental missions done because there's ice, lightning, water, and earth damage to get that mission completed. How did you find this, Mini? Well, I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but when you look at the missions, it seems like that would be the hardest thing to do because if the boss is a one-turn kill kind of enemy, then the challenge really is trying, especially if you're using Esther, trying to hit all of your elements while also not countering it to death. It seems like it would be 
a challenge. But on the bright side, um, lightning and water you could probably cover with someone like Dark Fina and just dual casting. And uh, you can slap Shiva on somebody for the ice, and Esther can do lightning innately. So you can still get it probably in one turn if you just plan a little bit. You just got to bring the right units exactly. Um, the way I managed to do it was using units with imbue. Um, that helped a lot. So I got two of the imbues onto my Esther as well as a friend Esther and then just killed it really easily. So it took me a total of three turns to get all the imbues down, but uh, killed it in one shot after that. Yeah, I find that it's usually only the global exclusive uh, challenging events that are actually challenging. Yeah, these I guys agree seem with that. to just be sort of freebies for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's it's free as long as you have at least one decent DPS unit, a chainer, or somebody who does really good against machines. In this case, makes it super easy. Uh, overall, it's not a difficult trial. Uh, you do get one good piece of headgear, relatively good, I guess. Uh, it's the Malboro doll. It's a hat, which mm -hmm. gives you 30 defense and 30 spirit, which isn't terrible for a hat. But then you also get plus 50% to all your status ailments. Now, I wish they just went ahead and gave maybe even slightly more than 50%, because realistically in any trial, having a 1 in 2 chance of getting status, you're probably going to get status. Yeah, the passive itself isn't the greatest, but you can match it up maybe with some other passives to round it out. The only one I can think of is the King's Armor right now, but some units just have 50% maybe innately, and this, this could kind of help them close the gap. Yeah, definitely. It has its uses. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that for such an easy trial, if they did make it 100%, it would be too strong for the easiness of the trial. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, Ribbon isn't exactly a rare materia anymore or accessory. We had They, they used to give them away, I think, that during Kig'Maw events, you could get them for currency. There are at least one, I think, where Ribbon showed up. So, I mean, I don't know. I think if this was... A, yeah, but I think you're right, too. If this was 100% all statuses, it would be just really, really good. Well, it would make it similar to Fina's TMR, which I think making it as strong as a TMR in that regard would have been too good. Like, obviously, Fina's TMR has higher stats otherwise. It's just like getting that full 100% off such an easy trial would have made it, I don't know, a little bit too good. Yeah, that's fair. But that's pretty much it for the Magitek Ruins Central Area Trial. Not a whole lot going on there. It's a pretty straightforward trial. If you have some friend units that can kill it, that's awesome. If you're a veteran of the game, you just got to watch out for those elements so you can get that free Trust Moogle out of there. No tricks otherwise. Next, I want to talk about the Ability Awakening batch that we got this week. All right, let's, let's do it. There's a lot of really good Ability Awakenings that came down. Um, I think we'll start from the bottom and work our way up, uh, starting with Elbis here. Mm -hmm. What do you think of his ability awakenings? So I like the direction they're taking him, um, giving him a lot more true double hand. Not true double hand, sorry. A lot more double hand is, is really nice. And then just giving him a bit more damage. I think it's great. He also gets innate stop and charm resist, which I mean, you can't go wrong with on many units. If you're using Elbis as your primary damage dealer, it's definitely nice to have because those are the two 
statuses that usually are the most difficult to gear for. Yeah, they're definitely the trickiest to get around in Trials, especially if you don't have units like, uh, what's her name, Folka or Ayaka. Yeah. I don't know if Sylvie also does it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't remember not sure. offhand yeah. if she can give it to other people. But again, a lot of really rare five-star units in our pool that you would need to be able to deal with these things effectively. So having it innately on a unit can be pretty handy. I agree with you, Albus. I like that they're giving him more damage overall with the double hand and some increased modifiers. Overall, a pretty good awakening for him as a uh, low tier, like a four-star base unit. Yep. Next, we have Lexa. Lexa was the Tornado Queen back when Tornado Chaining was just starting. She was one of the few that could chain with Tornado. Yeah, and it looks like they're just pushing her more towards that niche. She's going to get a bit more MP and mag. And then the rest of her upgrades are all geared towards making her tornado hit harder. Yeah, exactly. I like giving her the extra MP and mag. Uh, helps with any four-star units, having that innately. I do enjoy that they gave her a little bit more negation on physical damage because she's... Like, for these weaker units, sometimes that can make a big difference. Because they don't have that high of stats. Like, her HP is going to be pretty low compared to most other units as well so having that extra uh, extra damage of mitigation or negation sorry it completely negates a physical damage three times is really nice yeah I, I like the way they tied it in with her modifier buff for her other abilities so you actually have a reason to use it beyond just the mitigation so you could easily throw this mitigation on in her rotation now and then continue hitting with her spells which is it's a nice change rather than having just a purely defensive ability. I agree with that. As you said, Lexa being pushed more into the wind slash tornado mage family, I guess. So she's better at using tornado with the increased modifiers and the imperil, as well as increased damage on all of her other abilities using wind sway, one of her abilities there. Overall, a pretty good awakening again. I like what they're doing with four stars. It seems like they're taking them in a really good direction. Yeah. Except for the next guy, in my opinion, Yang. Well, it is the same direction. It's just Yang before his upgrades was pretty bad. After his upgrades, he's not great either, but they do give him access to an actual chaining family, which is really nice. So before this, he just had no chains, and now at least he can... I mean, Piledriver is... Not the best, we all know that, but it's something. Yeah, that was the only thing that bothered me about it was that they put pile driver chaining on there. And I mean, if the family's gonna get good, like if that chaining family is gonna have any relevance, you do have to put it on more people going forward. It's just as it stands right now, it's it's not the greatest. Very few yeah. units can use it, and very few high tier units even have it at all. So it's tricky. But like you said, besides that, they are just pushing him further, doing more damage, giving him more... Uh, how do you feel about this 300% unarmed attack increase? Same as I feel about the 200% unarmed attack increase. Useless? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you could spend the Chris for the extra defense spirit. I'm sure it comes in handy making him a bit bulkier, but... If I were to upgrade Yang, that would be the last on my list. That's probably the least useful of his enhancements. If you have literally no fists because you're relatively new to the game, it might be useful. Otherwise, pretty useless. 
Yeah. Let's step into our five-star units that got awakening, starting with Emperor Shara. Yeah, our uh, our supporty fire guy. The supporty fire guy coming in with more fire than before, but not as much. They didn't give him too much extra support, oddly enough. He pretty much yeah. does. He does a lot of the same stuff. And then it just lasts longer for for uh, friend units. And then for himself personally, he kind of gets buffs to everything he's doing. One of my favorite things that he has is on his cooldown ability, he gets a double cast enabled for seven turns. So he can constantly have this double cast up. I think that's awesome because it, it allows him, I think, to dual cast his uh, his fire imbue. Yes, I believe so. Wait, never mind. Really I think useful. that's a cooldown ability for him, isn't it? Oh, it is. You're right. Damn it. Damn it, Emperor Shara, you're useless. I thought it wasn't a cooldown ability. It, it allows him, yeah, no, it allows him to recast his supportive abilities twice. You can either dual cast his support abilities or dual cast his uh, attack abilities, but not both, which isn't as good as I thought it would be. Yes. Yeah, being able to dual cast the supportive abilities is nice. Not as good as I originally thought, thinking that he could dual cast his imbue. That would have been nice, but unfortunately not possible. However, he is able to dual cast into his rotation his cooldown ability, which gives him dual cast. So it's nice that he'll always have that up after the first turn without having to waste a turn on specifically casting that so you basically got a constant dual cast realistically yeah i mean it, it's not terrible it's it, it would be nice if he could have dual casted uh two allies and gave them both fire uh a fire imbue sort of like sylvie can do but right now he can imbue himself and imbue an ally but it's okay he does he does okay damage it's it's not amazing but he he can definitely help support your divine ruination chains yeah if you're chaining with divine ruination he'll be really good otherwise he's he's better than before but not great yep pure summoner Rydia, however i think got a little bit more uh push into the direction that people wanted her to be yeah it looks like they're kind of pushing her more towards the summon and evocation damage and she also got a really really nice buff to her uh Oriole Ray Chains as well. Well, they weren't Oriole Ray Chains, but she gets them if you enhance her Burst Storm. Yeah, exactly. Um, she is now a much stronger Evo Mage because a lot of her abilities that do evoke damage, I believe, not only get a buff in and of themselves because you awaken it, you can use an ability to give them increased modifiers, but she also gets a little bit of an Evo Mag buff uh, passively now as well uh, added into her kit which is nice a little bit of increased resistances to statuses is always good confusion is the worst so i'm glad to see that that's on there and then she does get access to triple black magic which can be useful if you are chaining i think she still has access to tornado so you can kind of use her as a chainer as well a little thing about the oriole wraith is that it is only available after turn six and it is on a six turn cooldown it does do a lot of magic damage. However, it does take a long time to actually get there, which can be good and bad, I guess. Yeah, but the buff itself is pretty nice. Um, it comes with some nice imperils on it as well. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't be my first ability that I would enhance on her, but it, it's nice to see on there. Definitely. Can't say no to free 100% imperils. 
Next, speaking of imperils, we got Atoning Dragoon Kane, which I think his imperil-typed abilities got a massive buff. Mm-hmm. 50% to 90% is a big jump. I'm happy to see it for sure. And he even his modifiers on those abilities also got a much-needed buff. Yeah, going from 3.5 to 10 is huge. They've pretty much just under-tripled the damage. Yep. And he actually he gets... Uh, double cast as well which is super nice i think is the most significant buff that he got is access to double cast if you awaken this he just always will have access to double lance and he can use his lance type abilities like the ones we're talking about piercing air piercing aqua and piercing darkness to imperil and potentially chain with another atoning dragoon cane yep and obviously, a massive 150% uh, increase to jump damage. I guess it was 120% before, so it's not a massive, as massive a jump as I would have liked, but it'll help out some of his jump abilities and then a nice little uh, 50% true double, hand. true double hand as well. Yeah, overall, I like what they did with Kane. He's doing very well as a Dragoon. They even buffed his jump, one of his jump abilities, which is nice. I mean, he's still not going to do as much as someone like Sid, for example, but he does fit into a different kind of niche where he can kind of imperil and imbue himself with elements and then start doing his massive damage, right? Atoning Dragoon Kane got a lot of love. Let's see what they did with Leela Mini. I don't know. Leela, I think she got a bit more love to her, uh, to her spirit build I, I don't know i i'm looking at leela and i just don't know if if any of her buffs are really that helpful to her i think they like are they're, they're, they're helpful but they're i don't know if they're ever gonna push her into that like super good tier i i do like the the nice little give her a spirit buff when dual wielding i think that's really nice opens up some options for her but i don't know I think that the extra spirit buff when dual wielding is pretty significant. Now she can use two different weapons, get that extra spirit on there. Plus they doubled the amount of innate spirit she gets there from 60 to 120. On top of all of this, she also has her triple cast available for four turns when it used to be two turns, which is huge. I mean, double, right? Extra spirit when using fists, and we do have some really good spirit-type fists in the game now, which is nice. And then her main spirit-damaging ability, Martial Arts Heaven Shift, got a 50% increase to its modifier from 10 to 15 times, so it's actually really good. I'm surprised they did this, but I'm glad they did. They increased the hit counter of it to 16, which means that if you're chaining with her, she's going to do more damage with the chain. Yeah, I mean, they're they're good buffs. I just don't... I just, For where we are right now in the meta, I just would have liked to see a little bit more for her. I mean, I feel like these, these buffs should have come in maybe a month or even two months ago, and Leela would have been relevant. I feel like now she's better than she was, and anybody who likes using her is happy with these buffs but it just doesn't do enough for her i feel like she's definitely not as good as a lot of the other main dps units that exist right now but i think she does really really well mainly because the spirit scaling on her ability is huge so i think she can pump out a good amount of damage yeah i guess time will tell we'll have to test her out and see what people say 
Now, the main awakening that I think people are probably the most excited for, and I, I definitely am the most excited for this awakening, was Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. He's finally getting what he should have gotten with his seven star, in my opinion, which is a double cast as well as a triple cast. Yeah, and I really, really enjoy uh, the fact that the, he is getting these nice buffs, and he even uh, has a chance to counter now. And unlock his his triple cast with his counter. Um, like what Sephir, what held him back when he back when he became a seven star, he was really good, but he was a dual wield unit in a meta where everybody was using true double hand, and even he himself would benefit more from true double hand because of his kit. And now he finally gets, or not true double hand, but double hand, and he finally now gets double and triple cast, which will allow him to actually use more than one ability per turn and i think that alone makes him amazing and that's not even mentioning some of the the nice little stat buffs he got yeah he's getting really good modifier increases to some of his main abilities he's also getting attack increases which is nice like you said a great chance to counter and give himself triple cast with that counter i like that they increase the damage to his cooldown ability makes it a little bit more useful to use plus adding on that triple cast for four turns when using that. One thing they threw in there as well to help him out is an LB damage increase of 30% when he uses Reunion, which makes his LB do about 30 times modifier, which I think was a huge increase for him. Yeah, it's definitely very nice. Um, the only sucky thing about it is it's in on it's on his Reunion ability, but... I mean, it's okay. If you are going to use his LB or you want to build him to use LB, his LB gauge, it's nice to, to have an ability in there that buffs the damage a little bit further. The only tricky thing is that it also gives him Dark Element to his attack, so you got to watch out what you're using this against. Yeah. Overall, I think Sephiroth is finally what he should have been before, a true uh, double hand, double casting, triple casting type unit. Makes him a lot more versatile, a lot more usable with some nice buffs to his yeah. stats as well. I just wish these enhancements came like a month earlier because it's so hard since Esther, Axtar, and Zeno now, the, the big surprise release. It's hard to get hyped over these Awakenings. It's nice if you really love these units. It's yeah. amazing because now you can actually use them and have them be useful. It just sucks because they're not at the top of the game, where where about a month ago they probably would have been really, really strong. Yeah, about a month ago when I was using Sephiroth, I would have been really excited. But I guess now anyone who doesn't have one of the new top three, you'd be happy with these because you know, he, he did get a really, really nice buff to in almost all the areas he needed a buff. But like you said, with, with the existence of Esther, Zeno, and Axtar, I don't think the buffs are uh as exciting i want to say like they're not bad i don't want to make it sound like no they're they're amazing they're They're amazing amazing, enhancements it just came a little bit late yeah it did come later than i think it should have just because of the way the meta is going like we talked about a little in the last episode it does kind of smooth out the curve a little bit a few units fall in there in between uh xeno esther axtar and the next best units So it does smooth out the curve a little bit. It's useful to the meta, especially for players who don't have those top 
kind of three DPS units. These units are very helpful. They've been around for a really long time. A lot of people have them, so it can be it can be really useful to a lot of people. Next, let's talk about the Final Fantasy VI event, Figaro Castle. It's a King Mog event featuring a couple new units. You might remember Edgar, the troll unit that might drop occasionally. He is now King Edgar of Figario, a 5-star base going to 7-star. And same with Sabin. You might remember Sabin as one of those really low units that used to exist in the game. Now he is Monk Sabin of Colts, another 5-star base going to 7-star unit. Very exciting things happening with some of the classic units, units from really, really early on in the game, kind of getting a little bit more love, some awakenings, people can actually use them now. But we will talk about the units in a little bit. What do you think of the King Mog event this time around, Mini? I mean, it looks like any other King Mog event. I think there's a new mechanic now with event points. Guaranteed five-star special summon ticket you can get with event points. But other than that, I don't know if much has changed. I think we still have a King Mog shop for the currency. So I, I don't know. It's, it's a King Mog event. I like that they moved the five-star ticket into the event points pool just because you don't have to spend your currency to get it. It kind of makes the King Mog items a little bit more attainable, especially when the, uh, what's it called? The ticket that everyone wants. The five-star select summon ticket is 150k. It's pretty expensive. Uh, for this event, it's nice that we don't have to then spend another i think it's usually like 100k or 50k or something pretty high yeah to I get that five set it as 70k oh there you go which is pretty expensive like it's tough to get that much currency especially if you don't have enough bonus units yeah especially if you didn't get lucky and get get a lot of good bonus units for sure it's a really nice kind of quality of life thing especially for free to play players to have that in a separate pool where if you do the event frequently you can still get it and then you can still also focus on getting that five star uoc ticket as well yep i agree i it's a nice change so far we'll see what happens in the future um but right now it's kind of nice that you don't have to spend currency on the ticket exactly one thing that i like that they've added in is the double hand it's a decent material if you don't already have it if you're relatively new it's a great materia to pick up, gives you that double hand materia that is very sought after if you don't have anything better yet. There are two pieces of equipment, and I think that they're both really good. What do you think, Mini, of the Thunder Shield? Yeah, I, I like it. Um, it's kind of cool that it gives you Thundaga as a passive ability. Obviously, the lightning resistance on it is amazing. Definitely worth picking up. And how about the Royal Crown? Uh, Royal Crown is okay. I think it's it's nice for new players. It's it's not amazing, but you know it's cheap, fifteen k. You, you might as well pick it up. It's actually funny to me that the shield is less expensive than the crown, but I think the shield is more uh, useful. Yeah, I agree. It is nice to see some passive stats added in here. Like you said, if you're relatively new, it's decent defense and spirit, and then those passive ten percents to HP attack and mag are very good. That's about the main things that are going on with the King Mog side of things in the event. Uh, you can get 50% off of Celeste as a unit. Uh, most people will probably have at least one of her 75% off Setzer, and then the new units will be your 100% and 200% units. Yep. 
So let's talk a little bit about these new units and their banner. One new thing coming with their step up, which is a traditional 25k step up banner, which guarantees you one of them at the end. There's also this new summon coin shop that they're doing. What do you think of this summon coin shop? I think it's a nice little change or addition, I guess. Kind of helps out if you didn't necessarily get the unit you want. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems positive. It's definitely positive. I feel like it's more geared towards people who do multiple laps of the banner. And I don't know about you, but I typically don't have the lapis to do multiple 25k laps. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Are, is the summon coin around just for that banner or does it carry over to future banners? So the exchange, I don't know. If it carries over to future banners, I love this. It's amazing, it's great. Over time, you'll be able to get something out of the summon coin shop. If it's exclusive to the banner, which I don't think it is, I, th I think the summon coins are gonna be a generic thing going forward, it's amazing. It's nice to be able to get some free stuff, some free trust moogles, for example, or some tickets. There's even a UOC ticket in there you can get if you save up enough of these. So if they are cumulative through the events, I really like this buff, or buff, I call it, uh, addition to the summon summon uh, banners. Yeah, it seems like it, I don't know, it would be helpful over time, but we'll see. We'll see if it comes back. I really hope it does. With that, let's talk about the two new units. I'll let you choose, Mini. Do you want to talk about Sabin, or do you want to talk about Edgar? Let's start with Edgar. We'll do Sabin last. The king. We're starting with the main man himself. King Edgar of Figaro. His TMR, Master of Machinery, I think does pretty decently as a TMR. Yeah, I, I really like it. Um, you get 50% Machine Killer on top of 40% Attack and 20% MP. I, I think it's great. You get the 50% Machine Killer without having to sacrifice too much of an attack passive, I think is a very, very nice thing. I agree with you. I love that they put that on there. It's a really good TMR, especially if you're struggling with the trial from last week's event and you can pick up uh, this TMR. It's going to help you a lot. 50% extra damage against uh, machines is very, very good, especially in FFBE where machines tend to be a very common boss type. Yeah, it seems like the last three or four events we've had in a row have all been uh, machine enemies. They've been hitting us hard with the machines, that's for sure. The, the robots are trying to take over. I think it's kind of an upgrade too. It's kind of nice where three-star Edgar only had 50% machine killer. That was kind of the only positive of drawing him. It's kind of nice to see a seven-star form get, or five-star, I guess, get not only the 50% machine killer, but also the extra stats as well on his TMR. It definitely fits the lore, and I love that lore. What do you think of his STMR? I like it. I think it's, it's really good. It's a ribbon. It's with 50 attack, um, you can't really go wrong with that. And then you also get on top of that a nice little passive that gives you 50% LB gauge fill rate. So, I mean, it's definitely an STMR level accessory. It's worth picking up for sure. Very strong. Very, very strong STMR. The nullification to status ailments while also giving you 50 attack, which is among the highest in accessories, is amazing. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Like, you don't get too many attack accessories 
with 50 or more attack and not if you you get that but then you also get a ribbon and lb gauge fill rate i think it's just it's amazing it's a very strong stmr definitely worth picking up if you do have four of him it's a really amazing accessory let's talk about edgar as a unit or king edgar i'll call him because if i mention edgar it's the three star two star base whatever he was yeah king edgar what do you think of his kit? I mean, it's all right. He he's he gets some nice uh, water and earth imperils. I think his damage. I don't think it's going to be amazing. He his chaining families are not amazing. Stardust Ray has him, his counterpart Sabin, and I think Two B. So it's not a big chaining family. I think the my favorite thing about him is the fact that. He's got a really, really easy to get limit burst, and that limit burst is very, very good when it comes to uh, breaking. So he's kind of like a limit burst breaker, which is kind of cool. It's very cool. So his limit burst not only does a decent amount of damage when fully enhanced, and he has his TMR equipped, I believe. No, I think the the mechanic on it is a little bit different than what we're used to. So he gets an upgrade to his limit burst for two turns when his HP drops below 20%. Oh, that's really cool. I was just about to look into that. That's really, really cool. I like that. So he would do well with equipment that'll allow him to survive. Or does he have that built in? I didn't see anything that gives him uh, like a passive to survive. But So it'd be really, really good if you could just like hit him once with somebody and then use his limit burst. That'd be, that'd be, it's a cool mechanic. I like it. The, the extra damage on his limit burst is nice, but I think the, the thing is for his breaks... It, the upgrade isn't 100% necessary because the way it works is on turn one, you get 84% break of all stats. And then on turn two and three, you get 74%, which is still very, very good. Like 70% to 74% used to be sort of the top tier of our previous breakers. So for three turns, you get basically more than 74% break. Um, and you can easily recast this limit burst within three turns with the amount of limit burst uh, LB gauge fill rate stuff he has in his kit. Now, if you upgrade it, it becomes, for example, you max out the limit burst, it gets more damage, but it becomes 84% for two turns to all enemies, and that's it. So sometimes maybe you even don't want to upgrade it, depending on what your situation is. That's very fair. It, it can definitely be useful in two different types of situations if you're able to fill his lb gauge really quickly it can be good i think to have that 84 percent just keep it up constantly if you don't have the right kind of accessories or material or support units to help him also fill up his lb gauge it might be better like you said to have that three turn attack defense mag spirit break overall i really like the new mechanic in there that's pretty cool that Depending on his HP status, he his limit burst does different things. It's nice. Something unique coming into the game. Mm -hmm. Overall, the rest of his kit, I don't think, does a whole lot that's useful. So he does have some breaks built in there. Like you said, some nice resistances. Um, some machine killer that he can give to everybody, which is nice. What do you think overall? Do you think he's just a breaker? Or do you think he adds a little bit more to the team? I don't know. I think for the most part, I see him mostly, like, if I were to use him, I would mostly want him for his breaking. Um, he he has those earth and water imperils, which come in really handy. Other than that, unless Stardust Ray becomes more common, I don't know if 
I see much use for him in any other way. Uh, maybe killing machines, that's kind of his other niche. So definitely a breaker, a little bit of support in niche situations. I'll agree with that. He does have some nice imperils, which are useful. Um, with a little bit of MP refresh, if, if you use one of his other abilities, he gets access to a, a nice 70 MP uh, refresh for allies. I like that from a lore perspective, I like that he's resistant to charm because he's extremely charming himself. Mm -hmm. um, overall, his passives are nice. Again, pushing him into killing machines. He has an, a built-in dual wield, which is also useful. But the main thing I like is that resistance to charm. That can be very, very handy in a lot of different trials. So that's our King Edgar. A really good TMR. An amazing STMR. A great breaker. I think one of the highest breaks in the game right now with his limit burst. A really strong unit overall. Let's see how Sabin compares. Monk Sabin of Colts. What do you think of his TMR mini? So his TMR is... An excellent TMR for any fist user. 60% attack is very high. Um, the auto heal is nice, but not really anything to write home about. I agree with you. Uh, the 60% attack is great. The auto heal, I mean, can be useful. It helps to have that extra almost 2k HP added on every turn. Not amazing. It's realistically not going to make or break anything. So it's there. It exists. 60% attack is the main thing with fists that I like. King Edgar had a coin, and Sabin also gets a coin for his STMR. What do you mm -hmm. think of this STMR? It's definitely more geared towards uh, physical attackers. You get five extra flat attack on it, and then you also get extra attack if you're equipping a fist. I think that's the thing. So it gives you an extra 60% attack if you're wearing a fist and an extra 30% HP. So this... This one's definitely more geared towards fist users, but can also be useful for attackers as well, because 55 uh, flat attack is very, very good. I think Edgar's is more generally useful, and uh, Sabin's is more useful on himself and on other monks. I'll agree with that. The 55 attack can be useful uh, just because of how high it is, but definitely King Edgar's STMR has a little bit more widespread use. Let's talk about Monk's, Ma, Monk Sabin's kit a little bit here. He does come with Stardust Ray Chaining, as we mentioned, that uh, King Edgar and Monk Sabin can both chain with each other. Um, I do like that they immediately gave each of them a chaining partner. It would have really sucked to just give him a ra random chaining family with only 2B, which I don't think that many people actually have. It's uh, nice to see that they can actually make use of that chaining family. Well, yeah, I mean, 2B was a unlimited unit, right? So unless people specifically rolled really hard for her, you're not going to see too many of her. Whereas hopefully uh, we're going to see more Edgar and Sabins around. So it might be easier to find uh, chaining partners for them. Definitely. What do you think of his damaging abilities? Because that's kind of what... This guy is geared towards, he does have a few decent damaging abilities. How do you feel overall that he does? Uh, he does okay. He has Rising Phoenix and Razor Gale, so those are his Fire and Wind Stardust Ray Chains. They're, they're not too amazing in terms of damage, but they do come with elements already pre-applied. 
And then he also has an absolute mirror of equity chain, Phantom Rush, which I think is probably going to be the one you're going to be using most of all, because uh, let's just face it, absolute mirror of equity has way more chaining partners available for him. Um, he's also got some nice abilities that'll buff his modifiers to his main damage abilities. He's got breathing technique, which is his cooldown. You can use it every other turn. And then you can use either uh, Meditation Flaming Soul or Meditation Flowing Soul. Those will also imbue him with uh, water or fire element, which actually goes nicely with uh, Edgar's water and peril. So you can kind of combo them if you have both of them. And he also gets a nice, he gets constant double cast and he gets access to triple cast. So I think overall, he's pretty good. His I think his modifiers could be a little bit higher, but... I think his damage overall, I, I'm not disappointed with it. I think he's definitely up there. Yeah, definitely does very well for himself. I like that he's coming in with that increased modifier thing where you want to use a few of his abilities before you start uh, laying down the absolute mirror of equity. Uh, we saw that with Xeno and Axtar as well. I like his, one of his cooldown abilities. It's interesting that the damage is split over five different attacks but they happen in really fast succession so you can still use it to cap chains it does about 30 times damage which is nice mm -hmm. so i love what they've done with uh, monk sabin's hp uh, damage so he has a cooldown ability called undying spirit which does 81 percent of his own hp to himself gives him a huge attack buff which can't be dispelled gives him his LB instantly and allows him to auto revive as well if he should die. Now the reason this is amazing is he has a passive that also upgrades his LB if he drops below 20% and his upgraded LB gives him a really, really huge damage buff. So his LB is gonna be doing somewhere around 70 times damage to one enemy. It is a 52, 52 turn, or sorry, 52 hit move, so you would really want to chain it with another Sabin, but still, 70 times damage is huge. The main thing I like is that it gives him triple cast for five total turns. So you can literally use Undying Spirit, his LB, and then triple cast and get all of his modifiers up and just start laying in damage with Absolute Mirror of Equity. It's quite a nice little combo going on there. He has a nice rotation, really easy to use too. I, I'm really happy they gave him an easy way to get to that threshold. Yeah, he's he's got two ways. He's he can he can use his undying spirit, but he can also use uh, soul spiral, which is a really nice recovery ability for the team, and it also uh, leaves him with one HP. So that would also trigger his LB LB enhancement. So it's kind of nice. He's got more ways to actually enhance his LB than Edgar does, and it gives him, like you said, nice access to that triple cast for five turns instead of the usual three turns. Definitely worth figuring out how to combo that into your uh, into your rotation definitely useful so king edgar and monk sabin are both here uh, i think monk sabin is in my opinion the slightly more usable unit just because king edgar's uh, maximum break is a little bit difficult to use and only lasts one turn if you do have other breakers that for example do 74 percent having one turn of 84 percent yes it's nice I don't think it's essential. Well, I mean, he has he has another 74% break in his kit, right? I think it's on his cooldown ability. 
The only problem is it's a 10 turn cooldown. So you can you can start the battle off with that. For three turns, he gets a 74% break. Kind of like, uh, you know, Orin, Lauren, all those people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like he, if you do have one of the other breakers, I don't think King Edgar is adding much more to it. The extra 10% for one turn that he has access to compared to 74%, which you can get from Orin, Lauren, etc., is not that much of a increase. I agree with you. Um, but I think also if you if you were to look at it from that perspective, um, Monk Sabin just really has almost no plays. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, if you weren't lucky enough to pull Zeno, I do think the Monk Sabin can do a decent amount of damage combined with someone like Axtar and using the absolute mirror of equity uh, chaining family there. Yeah, I guess he does He does bring that sort of another absolute mirror of equity chain to the table. I don't know about you, but being having two seven-star Axtars or two seven-star Xenos is just completely unrealistic in my realm unless you're a whale. So I think Sabin can yeah. give you that chaining partner that does a good amount of damage along with Axtar or along with a, your Xeno that already exists. Yeah, that's true. So overall, they both have a place. They're both very good units. It's really dependent on your unit pool and what you already have, whether or not they're worthwhile for you to pull on. So if you need that absolute mirror of equity chainer in your life, Monk Sabin is definitely an amazing guy. Or if you need an amazing breaker, King Edgar does fantastic for you. Now the question is, are you going to be pulling on either of these guys, Mini? I doubt it. I Like I said, I have Esther, which pretty much eliminates the need to pull for the next month. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm kind of debating on pulling just because of King Edgar's little Master of Machinery. I think it'd be nice to have that mechanical killer with the 40 attack. But honestly, because I already have a breaker and because I already have Esther... I'm going to pass on this banner. Um, hopefully I'll get one of them just because their TMRs I think are really good. Hopefully I'll get one of them randomly. Overall, uh, it's a pass for me. Yeah, I mean, they'll be in the pool even after the event. So there's always a chance down the road you'll pick one up. It's very true. Very, very true. So coming up here to the end of the show, Minnie, what is your takeaway from this week? So it looks like this week is bringing in a new mechanic to the game that... LB upgrade below a certain HP threshold. That's an interesting thing we haven't seen before. Usually LB upgrades <clears throat> come in and you just have them just when you hit a certain level or you're wearing a certain piece of equipment. So it's it's kind of cool to see an LB upgrade not tied to any of that, but instead tied to the circumstances of the battle. Yeah, it's a really nice mechanic. I think uh, relatively recently in the last couple of months, I was saying it'd be nice to see them add something new to the game. It's a small thing adding this to units, but it's fun to be able to play with a character's HP and really dance around and see what you need, whether it's the upgraded or non-upgraded from King Edgar, or you really just want the upgraded one for Monk Sabin. Yeah, uh, a, we'll see what they mechanic. do with it, what they do with it in the future. I think it would be awesome to have abilities that, or even limit bursts, that do different things depending on the HP threat threshold that you're at. So not necessarily an upgrade, but like a, a shift. But we'll see what they do. Or even like an MP threshold if it's like mages or other people. It, it's definitely an interesting thing to look into. And hopefully they'll yeah. continue this. I do like the mechanic. It would be an interesting way to change how the game is played, I guess. To have to keep your units balanced at a certain level of stat. That would be interesting. 
yeah, it would it would bring in a more engaging part uh, to play in the game for sure. My takeaway is that we're finally getting the first wave of our upgraded units from older games. So Final Fantasy VI here, we had Edgar and Sabin, um, really, really, really old units, like way back when the FFB or in its early years, maybe in the first year of the game, these units existed. It's nice now to see them come into their five-star forms, and I believe we, we can look forward to a few other units also getting five-star versions of themselves. So it's a fun thing to look forward to, and that's kind of my takeaway is that this is the start of that. You know I'm definitely going to be saving my Lapis for a five-star Shadow. It's coming. Man, when five-star Shadow comes in, I am using everything to get that. Yeah, I don't even know how good he's going to be or if he's going to be good, but I just got to complete my Shadow collection. There's literally two units that I'm really, really looking forward to, and it's CG Charlotte and Five Star Shadow. Do you hear the rumors that maybe we won't be getting CG Charlotte? If we don't, I'm going to be pissed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, time will tell. We'll find out, I guess. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be coming at you again next week with another episode, so we'll see you then. Peace. See you next week. Peace.